0: As we get into our Bible study now, I want you to um, uh, take your Bibles if you would please, and turn to Genesis chapter number 12 Genesis chapter number twelve why all the emphasis on Israel ever wondered that country of just seven and a half or so million people and this land is the it 's a focal point of of the modern world, and it's also it's also the focal point of of Bible prophecy. And it seems like if you listen to the news for any length of time, Israel comes up. Just this last week, it was in the news that uh, our president campaigned on moving the uh, embassy, American embassy, from Tel Aviv to to Jerusalem. And you think, what's the controversy for? What would the big deal be about moving it? Jerusalem is the capital of of Israel. And why would the embassy be in a place other than the capital? And just this week, we found he put a six-month delay, he says, on that. For whatever reason, he's going to do that. But you think, what's what's the controversy over? Israel is just the size, about the size of New Jersey seven and a half or so million people. One of the most significant events of modern history, it occurred in 1948, and that is this event when God allowed the Jews to re- return to Palestine, what we know as Israel. And only hours after this rebirth, only hours after Israel came back and became a nation, there were five, five Arab countries that went to war with Israel. And now we hear it in the news almost every day from the Middle East. We hear this nation of Israel. How many of you have heard the term the West Bank? How many of you have heard that term? You find it here on this, on this screen. You find the West Bank. You find the Golan Heights. And you find the Gaza Strip. These are, these are areas that uh, uh, are constantly being talked about in the news. These are what are called occupied areas. Israel, Israel has all of this area, but there are, uh, uh, Palestine wants to uh, have its own state and they have, uh, uh, they're in these three areas. And that West Bank, the West Bank is a, is a uh, important area in our study that we'll study today and in the weeks to come. Also, you hear not only the West Bank, you hear the, the term the Palestinian state. And in the West Bank, in the West Bank that you see here on the screen, there are a couple couple. Uh, uh, important key cities. Jerusalem. Jerusalem sits in this area here in the West Bank. Jerusalem, Jericho, Hebron, Bethlehem. These are all all uh, uh, cities that you could find in the Bible. They're of great significance. Bethlehem is, is a city of great significance. Who would, who would tell us why Bethlehem is so important? Anybody? Jesus. Yes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Jerusalem, the capital, Hebron is, is, where, is where Abraham purchased to bury his wife. It's an important city. It's the city where David reigned, King David reigned for seven years before becoming king of all of Israel. Hebron is a very important place. You find that here in the West Bank. Jericho, how many of you remember the story of Jericho, right? All the Israel comes out of Egypt and into the wilderness and crosses over the Jordan River. And they walk around what city? Jericho. And God said He's going to give them that city. And Jericho, you find here in the West Bank, in the West Bank as well. The West Bank and East Jerusalem have become the homes of over a half a million Jews. And you might hear this word, Israeli settlements. How many of you have heard that word, Israeli settlements? There's much, much issue, much problem, much controversy over Israelis going in and making settlements here in these areas that you see uh, in the white here on this map of Israel. Many in the United Nations, as well as the European Union, they are pressing Israel. If you were to study this, you'd find that they're pressing Israel and they're trying to stop Israel from allowing their residents, Jews, to settle in these three areas. Time magazine reported this. The Obama administration says negotiations between the Palestinians and the Israelis can only can only proceed if Israel agrees to stop settling occupied land. Quote, he said this, The settlements have to be stopped in order for us to move forward. That was a sitting president, President Barack Obama, at a meeting with Netanyahu. He said the settlements have to be stopped in order for us to move forward. So there is this talk of the Palestinian state. And this is important to our study. The talk of the Palestinian state, this is an issue of of great controversy. And the debate centers around the Arab world's demand for a, you may have heard this, an Israeli recognized Palestinian state the world is pressing Israel to recognize that there is a Palestinian state in order to do that what must happen then is Israel to give up the land that God promised Israel In order for them to recognize there's a state. Now there are some, there are some like Iran that not only want there to be a Palestinian state, they want a annihilation of the state of Israel. And you would find as you look at this, there would be times where it would be almost impossible for Israel to defend herself from an attack if they were to give up the place like the West Bank. And so you find this this word or this term, the Palestinian state, is one that we're going to use. And maybe you've heard this term, the, the two state solution. And that two state solution would be Israel giving land so Palestine would have a state. The Jordan King, the King of Jordan, the former administration of the United States and the European Union, they are seeking currently a two-state solution now all of this fits precisely with end time events every bit of it does all of it fits into bible prophecy unfolding all of this does we're going to look at the country the state of israel the nation of israel today the uh, the intense Israel Arab uh, peace talks. Whoever could come in and bring peace to this situation would become a significantly powerful person. And we know this. The Bible teaches us this. There's going to be peace. We looked last week about the, 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 ten, the ten toes or the ten horns and, and, and the supreme leader, the Antichrist, coming and taking control over the world. He is going to then become uh, uh, the peacemaker for Israel. He's going to proclaim peace. He's going to become a very powerful person because he is going to bring peace to this area of the world, to Israel. And so how does this How does this land dispute? How does this this land dispute uh, relate to Bible prophecy? We're going to look at this today. And, And what is the significance of this land? Why so much controversy over a piece of land the size of New Jersey? Why so much controversy? And what does this land have to do with Bible prophecy? It all goes back to a promise that God made some 4,000 years ago, and I want, to, uh, I want to look at this promise here today. So if you'd look with me to Genesis chapter 12, we're going to be in several different passages of scripture today, some in Ezekiel. Some of these aren't the easiest passages to find, and so I'm going to have much of what we're going to read upon the screen, but if you'd like to turn there and follow along, I welcome you to do that. Genesis chapter number 12, in verse number one, the Bible says this, now the Lord had said unto Abram, get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee and curse him that curseth thee. And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. And so in Genesis chapter number 12, God says to this man, Abram, I want you to get out of your country and I want to bring you to a place that I'm going to give to you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you this land. I'm going to give you a great, a bless your seed. I'm going to make your, your name great. I'm going to make your, your name become a, a nation, a mighty nation. He says this, those that bless you, I'm going to bless. Those that curse you, I'm going to curse. And this is what is known as the the, uh, Abrahamic covenant. This is a covenant that God made with Abraham. And refer to this promise as the Abrahamic covenant. And God made a specific promise to Abraham in these verses. And what he promised, he promised land. That land is Israel. He promised his seed. He said, I'm going to make out of you a great and mighty nation. And he promised a blessing. And those three are important for us as we study. It's important for us to understand this. God promised to bring Abraham to a land that he never seen and to make it his great nation. Now, as I was studying for this, I thought to myself, you know, there were people that were already living in that land. And a lot of the controversy, a lot of the fight is that fight over who belong who 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 owns that land or who that land belongs to. And I would simply resolve that by saying this. God who created that land can give it to whoever he wants to give it to. He created it. It's his. And in Genesis chapter number 12, God said, I'm going to give this land to Abraham. He said, when he got to that land, he said, I want you to look northward, southward, eastward, westward. I want you to look all around and everything your eyes sees, I am going to give to you and all of your generations, future generations. This was a covenant that God made with Abraham. So some 4,000 years ago, God gave this land to Abraham. It's a covenant that he made. God brought, promised Abraham that he would have this land. In Gen- uh, Deuteronomy chapter number 30, Deuteronomy chapter number 30, Abraham is no longer alive. In Deuteronomy we we find that uh, we find that God is going to lead his people, Abraham's Abraham's seed into this land. And he the Bible says this in Deuteronomy chapter 30 in verse number 1. And it came to pass when All these things are come upon thee, the blessings and the curse, which I have set before thee. Thou shalt call them to mind among all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath driven thee, and shalt return unto the Lord thy God, and shalt obey his voice according to all that I command thee this day, thou and thy children, with all thine heart and with all thy soul, that then the Lord thy God will turn thy captivity and have compassion upon thee, and will return and gather thee from all the nations, whither the Lord thy God hath scattered thee. If any of thine be driven out unto the uttermost parts of heaven, from thence will the Lord thy God gather thee, and from thence will he fetch thee. And so the Bible says here that if, if Israel gets scattered, the Lord is going to bring them back. He says, no matter what, this land is yours, is what he's saying. In verse number five and six, and the Lord thy God will bring thee into the land which thy fathers possessed. Who's the fathers? That's Abraham. Isaac, Jacob, he said he'll bring him into this land that thy fathers possess and thou shalt possess it and he he will do thee good and multiply thee above thy fathers. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. In verse number seven, and the Lord thy God will put all these curses upon thine enemies and on them that hate thee which persecuteth thee. And thou shalt return and obey the voice of the Lord and do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. And the, Lord, and the Lord thy God will make thee plenteous in every work of thine hand, in the fruit of thy body, in the fruit of thy cattle, and in the fruit of thy land for good. And for the Lord will again rejoice over thee for good as he rejoiced over thy fathers. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in this book of of the law, and if thou turn unto the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thine soul. This promise, this promise is what we call, we refer to as the Palestinian covenant. God promised that Israel... Would have this land. He said, if you you do wrong and you get scattered, I'm going to bring you back to this land. This God gave Abraham a covenant, Abraham a promise. And then in Deuteronomy we find that God reaffirms or reconfirms his promise to give his this land to Abraham's seed forever. And so God gave it to Abraham, and then we find it reconfirmed that this land belongs to Abraham's seed. God, again, confirmed this promise through David. I want you to turn with me, if you would, to 2 Samuel chapter number 7. 2 Samuel chapter number 7. Abraham is is dead. The children of Israel now are in the land, and there's there's a king by the name of David. David is from the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says this in 2 Samuel 7, verse number 12, And when thy days be fulfilled, and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now, when God says forever, do you think he means forever? He says Forever. I will be his father and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with a rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him as I took it from Saul when, whom I put away before thee. And thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee. Thy throne shall be established forever. This, this is the the Vedic covenant or the covenant that God reaffirmed with King David. And all God was doing was God was saying to David, what I promised Abraham, what I told the children of Israel when they went into the promised land in Deuteronomy, all that I promised, I'm reconfirming. So what God promised, he's keeping his word. He specifically promised to bless Abraham's seed through David. Again, this is important. These covenants promise a special blessing to Abraham's seed, and it promises a special blessing to those nations that bless Israel. I believe this, God has blessed America the way he has because America has defended Israel. It's important for this nation to continue to show favor and to bless Israel. A nation that blesses Israel, God says, I will bless. A nation that curses Israel, God says, I will curse. And this is not just an Old Testament promise that God now no longer fulfills here in the New Testament church. You find that through these covenants, you find that God says forever, I'm going to bless them that bless you. I'm going to give Israel this land. I'm going to curse them that curse you. This is a covenant that God continues to reconfirm over and over in Scripture. I want you to find here in Isaiah chapter number six. Isaiah, I'm sorry, Isaiah chapter number nine, verse number six. God says to David in his covenant that I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. He does that here. Listen to me in in Isaiah 99, uh, verse 6. He says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of of his government, and the peace there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David, upon his kingdom, to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, Even forever, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Listen, what he was saying in Isaiah, he was prophesying. Isaiah was prophesying that the Messiah was going to come. That Messiah was going to come through David's seed. David was from the seed of Abraham. So we find that God's covenant with Abraham to give him a land, to give him his seed, and to give him this blessing then went through to the children of Israel, went through to David the king. And then in Isaiah says, through David's seed, that covenant is going to continue continue. I want you to see in Luke, if you would please, Luke chapter number one. This is a parallel passage to Isaiah. Luke chapter one, verse number 31 through 33 says this, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and thou shalt call his name Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? We find the prophecy is coming true. Now, isn't it wonderful to know when the Bible prophesies something that we can look back in history and we can find that the Bible is accurate? Isaiah said there's going to be, that, that there's going to be a, 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 a savior, there's going to be a counselor, wonderful. He's going to come and he's going to establish uh, David's throne. And then we find in Luke, the angel says that you're going to have a child, you're going to call his name Jesus. And look what uh, goes on to say, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest. The Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father, David, Jesus comes from the line and lineage of David. He shall reign over the house of Jacob forever. In his kingdom, there shall be no end. Jesus was born in Bethlehem. He was born in this, this manger that we speak about and preach about during the Christmas season. He was the child born, the son that was given to us. Now, maybe, maybe you look at the Bible and you say, boy, this is so difficult to understand. I don't even know where to start. It almost feels like it just, I don't understand how it makes sense. There's a thread that goes all through the Bible. God created man and God created man to fellowship with him. When God created man in the garden, he did not create man to die. When he created man he formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into man the breath of life and 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 man became a living soul. And the whole purpose of that is God was going to fellowship with man and man was going to worship God and, and that was going to be that was supposed to take place forever. But man chose to sin. Adam and Eve took of the fruit that God forbid them to take and they disobeyed God. And because of that, the Bible says sin entered in the world. In the moment they sinned, they began to die. Death happened upon all man. But God in his mercy and God in his grace was not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God did not desire for man to die in his sin. God said, I am going to give you a savior. We find this thread. You say, why? Why would God call Abraham out of Ur the Chaldees? Why would He call him out of what would be modern-day Iraq? And why would He call this man to Israel? Why would He do this such a thing? Because just because He wanted to call Abraham, I mean, what was the point? What was the value of this? Because God promised to send a Savior. And God then began to establish that seed. He said to Abraham, I'm going to give you a land. I'm going to give you a seed. I'm going to give you a blessing. And from that line, the Savior was going to come. And so God establishes Abraham and Israel. He establishes the, the kings. And, and then we find through the Old Testament the history of Israel, the history of the king. We find David is becoming king, and God says to David, I'm going to establish the kingdom through you forever. And we would find in the line and lineage of Jesus that you can go all the way back to David. God's promise came true with the birth of Jesus Christ. And so the thread you find through all the Bible is redemption for mankind. God establishes Abraham, gives him a covenant. And through that line and through that lineage, a Savior is going to be born. Then he has the 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 uh, uh, Ezekiel and Daniel and Jeremiah. They begin to prophesy. They begin to preach. They also preach because Israel began to sin and go away from God. And much of what they preach, much of what the prophets preach was repent and turn back to God. But also much of them begin to prophesy and, and preach future events that were going to happen. Because God promised that through Jesus Christ, he was going to set up his kingdom forever. And I don't want to get ahead of myself because we're going to get into that. But that is what all of this is looking and pushing toward, the eternal reign of Jesus Christ. I want you to keep that in mind as we study through this every week. The covenant is unconditional. The covenant that God gave to Abraham is unconditional. The covenant that God gave to Abraham is literal. It's a literal covenant. The covenant is eternal. Turn with me, if you would please, to Psalm. Right in the middle of the Old Testament, Psalm 105, if you would please. If you just turn there. I don't have that on the screen here. But I do want to read this to you. I think it's important that we read this. Psalm 105 in verse number 8. You with me? Okay. Psalm 105 verse number 8 says this, he hath remembered his covenant forever. What covenant is that? The word which he commanded to a thousand generations, which covenant he made with Abraham and his oath unto Isaac. And he confirmed the same unto Jacob for a law and to Israel for an everlasting covenant saying unto thee will I give the land of Canaan the lot of your inheritance. And so we find in the Psalms, here we find the Psalm is saying this covenant that God gave to the, to, to Abraham and to Isaac and, and to Israel, to Jacob, he said that covenant is gonna last forever. We find here this covenant is eternal. It's not only literal, it's not only unconditional, but we find that this covenant is eternal. So God's covenant to Israel It's the hinge on which the door of future events swing. This is important. The door of all future events swing on this covenant with Israel. Why is there such a dispute? Because God promised this land. Why is it so important? Because this land is the land that is going to be the eternal kingdom of our Savior, Jesus Christ. So we find it's literal, we find it's unconditional, we find it's eternal. We find as well the provision to Israel, the provision to Israel. Ezekiel 36. Now Ezekiel is one of those books, it's the Old Testament, you could read through it and you think, boy, this is difficult to understand. I'm gonna do my best here today to help us understand some prophecy that Ezekiel is giving us here relating to end time prophecy. Ezekiel 36, verse number 24, the Bible says this, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. Ezekiel is prophesying Of the return of Israel back to its land. Now, one of the common points in all the future prophecy is is the fact that Israel will exist as a nation. One of the common points in all future prophecy is that Israel will occupy the land that God promised Abraham. So, Ezekiel is saying, God is going to take and gather you from all over the nations and bring you back and establish you into your own land. This is significant because prior to 1948, the Jews had not occupied this land since AD 70. I'm going to go back here all the way to the front, I believe. Don't get a headache on me here. Here we go. I don't know if you could read that. If It's difficult to read. But we find here... The Roman Empire came in in 64 B.C., and from the time of about 70 A.D., we, uh, uh, Israel was expelled out of her land by the Roman Empire, and these here are a list of those that occupied the land. And you would find here, not until A.D. 1917 or the World War I, the British became uh, uh, ruling over that land, Previous to the British occupying or or ruling over that land, it was controlled by Muslim uh, 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 tribes. And so from the time of Christ until all the way till uh, 1948, when Israel then gave the land over to, or or, or, I'm sorry, till uh, the British gave the land over to Israel, Israel had not occupied that land. In in AD 70, history tells us this, that the the Romans leveled the Hebrew temple and banished the Jews from Palestine. And so for almost 1,900 years, Palestine was occupied by Muslim tribes and the Islamic faith. History shows us this, that in World War I, after the events of World War I, that the British government began to control the uh, the, uh, uh, area of Israel, and under the terms of the British mandate, that was the effort that to, to, to provide a, a home for Jews from around the world. It wasn't until 1948 or following the Second World War that the Jews were allowed to, 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 to uh, arrange and organize what is modern day the state of Israel. Israel has not existed as a state for some 1900 years. Ezekiel, the verse we read in Ezekiel, it prophesied that God was going to gather all of the Israel, all of the Jews up from the corners of the world and bring them back into their own land. Listen to me, that, that was a prophecy from the Old Testament. And do we understand that prophecy was fulfilled when Israel became a nation in 1948? That was necessary. It was necessary for us to begin to see the end time or prophecy unfold as we're going to study over the next several weeks. And So let me let me go back here. Go back ahead here to the restoration of the land. So we find here, let me go back to Ezekiel. Ezekiel 36 is, for I will take you from among the heathen, Gather you out of all the countries and bring you into your own land. That's the prophecy being fulfilled. Israel becomes a state in 1948. We find the restoration of the land. We see this as prophecy. God promised to bring the Jews back to the land of Israel. And we find that happened in 1948. Ezekiel 36. Verse number 1, also thou son of man, prophesy unto the mountains of Israel and say, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Therefore, ye mountains of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord uh, God to the mountains and to the hills and to the rivers and to the valleys and to the desolate waste and to the cities that are forsaken, which became a prey and derision from the residue of the heathen that are round about. Prophesy therefore concerning the land of Israel. And say unto the mountains, and to the hills, and to the rivers, and to the valleys, Thus saith the Lord, behold, I have spoken in my jealousy and in my fury, because ye have borne the shame of the heathen. When the people were exiled, when the Jewish people were exiled into the Babylonian captivity, you remember King Nebuchadnezzar comes in and he takes out Daniel. And others, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they take and they, they take uh, uh, Jews exiled into the Babylonian captivity. God, he reassured his people, his intent to keep his promise. Even though Babylon came in, And they were exiled. Even though for some 1900 years the Jews did not have the state of Israel, God was reassuring. God was saying, I'm going to keep my promise. He told Israel, Israel, if you sin, if you sin, I'm going to scatter you. But I'm going to keep my promise. I'm going to keep my covenant. I am going to bring you back together. Why? Because when God says it, it's always true. God always keeps his promise. Now, this is important for us as we study through prophecy because God said, I'm going to send a Savior, Jesus Christ. Mankind can be redeemed back to me. If we find that God is constantly keeping the promises that he said, we can rest assured that Jesus Christ is the Savior. We can rest assured that we have eternal life through Jesus Christ. Why? Because God always keeps his word. I encourage this as Christians. Ezekiel 36, verse number eight. But ye, O mountains of Israel, ye shall shoot forth your branches and yield your fruit to my people of Israel, for they are at hand to come. For behold, I am for you, and I will turn unto you, and ye shall be tilled and sown. And I will multiply men upon you and all the house of Israel, even all of it, and the city shall be inhabited and the waste shall be builded. And I will multiply among you man and beast and I increase and bring fruit and I will settle you after your old estates and will do better unto you than at your beginnings and ye shall know that I am the Lord. Again, here's Ezekiel prophesying that God was gonna bring Israel back into her land. The miracle, it was a miracle, the reunification of the thousands of Jews in Israel. Ezekiel prophesied this in Ezekiel 36. And from the first century until 1948, the Jews were scattered across Europe, America, and around the world, and God brought them back together. In Ezekiel 36, 24, for I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out from all the countries and will bring you into your own land. Israel became a sovereign nation. So, what happens next? God desires there to be revival in Israel. There's a plan for revival. Jeremiah, he says this in chapter 31 Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. You see where it says a new covenant? not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, which my covenant they break. Although I was a husband unto them, saith the Lord, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I'll put my law into their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people. And they shall teach no more every man his neighbor and every man his brother saying, know the Lord for they shall know Shall all know me from the least of them unto the greatest of them, saith the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and remember their sin no more. See, we see this, that God's heart is to bring revival to his people, the, the Jewish people. He was to bring them, to turn them back toward him. That is God's heart. That is God's goal. He wants to see his people turn back to him. John 10.10, 10, Jesus declared to the unbelieving Jew, I am that they might have life and they might have it more abundantly. Jesus came to give us life. He came to the Jews. He was born of Mary. He was, was spent his entire ministry in what we would know as Israel. He was preaching the kingdom of God. He was preaching repentance. But we find this, that the Jews rejected Jesus Christ. They rejected him. The Bible says that he came unto his own, and his own received him not. And so God allowed the gospel to go to the Gentiles. That's us. So the gospel came to the Gentiles, and the Gentiles had an opportunity to be saved and to trust Christ as their Savior, to be redeemed back to God. In the final days of history, the the Jews will be gathered into the land of Israel. That's already happened. That God is going to bring a great revival or this new covenant so that all the Jews, the Jews, would then accept the Messiah. That's the goal through this is that the Jews accept the Messiah. The, the Jews are still God's chosen people. There's many that might teach this, but I believe it's false that, that the, the, the New Testament church has now taken the place of the Jews in God's eyes. No, God still loves the Jews. God's covenant is still the covenant. And there's going to be a new covenant. God still desires for the Jewish people, his chosen people, to accept his son as the Messiah. It's still his goal. That's his plan. There's a new covenant. This new covenant will bring complete fulfillment to the covenant that God made with Abraham, the covenant that God reaffirmed with David. It revolved around the coming of Christ. It has to do with the shedding of Christ's blood and ultimately the acknowledging, Israel acknowledging Jesus Christ as the Messiah. And so there's some timing of events. The timing of the revival would be this. Number one, the sacrifice of Christ. And we find this, and I'm, I'm pressed for time here. I want you to write this verse down, Hebrews 8, 12 and 13. You would find this, the timing of revival. What first must happen is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Well, guess what? That's already happened, hasn't it? Jesus Christ has already come. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came and he died upon the cross so that mankind could be redeemed back to God. The second thing is the conclusion of the time of the Gentiles. What was that when the Gentiles became uh, 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 heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ? Write this down if you would please. Romans 11.25, the fullness of the Gentiles become in. And so there's going to be a time where God, and that is a time now where the Gentiles are able to receive Christ as their Savior. And there is going to be a a time where God now sends a revival back to Israel. Well, Jesus Christ has already come. The Gentiles, that's us, we are able to receive the gospel. And then there's going to be an event where revival comes to Israel. But there's something that takes place between the end of the Gentiles hearing the gospel and the revival that takes place in Israel. You know what that great event's called? It's going to be the tribulation. And before the tribulation, the next event on God's prophetic calendar is the rapture of the church. In the thread that we see all through this, why is Israel so important? Because it's Israel. It's Israel where Jesus Christ is going to set up his throne for all of eternity. Why is this land so important? Because it's where Christ's kingdom is going to be. Why is why is Abraham the covenant with Abraham so important? Because through Abraham and through David is the line and lineage of Christ. The promise was this: that through your seed, Abraham, there's going to there's going to we're going to give this land, and there's going to be rulers, and there's going to be kings. And David, through your seed, I'm going to establish your kingdom, and it's going to be established forever. That kingdom of David is established through Jesus Christ. That land is significant because Israel is where Jesus Christ will set up his millennial reign. Why is is this battle of Israel so important? Because what we're going to find in weeks to come, it's Israel where the Antichrist comes in and he sets up his reign. You know what he says? I am God. He goes into Israel. He brings peace with Israel. There's what's going to be called the tribulation for seven years. Daniel talks about the 70 weeks. We're going to, talk, we're going to see this, this, this uh, seven-year tribulation where the Antichrist is going to come in. He's going to set up his kingdom in Israel. He's going to bring peace to Israel. And after three and a half years, you know what he's going to do? He's going to turn on Israel. And God's wrath is going to come down upon this earth. All is going to happen from a tiny little land known as Israel. Abraham's covenant is true. It's literal. It's unconditional. It's real. Why is Israel so important? Because Israel is going to be the place of the future events as we study next. And I hope that you'll be here as we study the rapture of the church.